podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Day trippers, I'm Gav, and that's Phil. Fucking shocking intro. That's all I'm saying. It's not. No, I'm, a not gonna, shocking I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to swear for the rest of the night. But that's just that. That's set me off. Ah, you probably will swear. You probably will. Many things have set me off today. It's not. It's a fantastic intro. Um, you're well used to it by now. You're still giving out. I don't know what the issue is. This is winners and losers. It is the LFC Day Trippers. Apologies for taking two days off. Um, one person on Twitter called us lazy fuckers for not having a show last night, but we were recharging. Stop um, It's yeah. It's um, we're back tonight. We're on. We're on tomorrow. We'll have something for you Wednesday. We'll have something for you Thursday, and we'll have something for you Friday. And um, this week, so there you go. You can't ask for much more than that. Um, Phil, what do they want? What do I they want? They want. I don't know. It's like know. it's like there's literally nothing happening, right? There's just a load of waffle, and it's like the, the lads are giving. And then we no show up and do more. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So uh, air waffle will be good though, is what I promise. Um, best been, intro ever. There's been no football. Um, Garmax is the best best intro ever. There's been no football, but there has well international stuff and all. But I know you hate that. Um, but can I start us off with James Milner? Signed okay. a new deal at Liverpool, one year extended deal, rumoured on to be on um massively reduced wages from what he was on, torn down several week. Premier League clubs by the sounds of it, and some MLS clubs, interestingly. Um on all honesty, Phil, what do you make of him signing a deal? Because I'm gonna put it out there. I was absolutely delighted when I heard the news last night. I, I was prepared to talk for it until I've realised how sunburned your face is. Did you know about any factor on your head No, today? nothing, nothing. <laughs> because what happens is I born and then I go brown. So tomorrow I'll be like... You look like a red I, light I'll be wolf. fucking brilliant looking tomorrow. Don't worry about it. But do you know what happened? Anyway, before we go to James Miller, why not? Went out today. Wife said to us, look, we'll be out with the kids today. Um, no, she said last week, we're out next Monday. I said, yeah, I'll keep an eye on the weather. So came to the weekend... I said, Monday does look the best out of the day. It's the weather doesn't look great the weekend. Mm. So where we go? So she said, I want to go up to Laytown. I said, okay. So Laytown, for anyone who doesn't Racist. know, is just north of Dublin. Um, really nice beach. She said, I was up there a couple of weeks ago. The kids really good. Let's go. So when we left, where when we left their house, like overcast, dull. We were putting jackets in the car, you know, in case it turned and stuff <laughs> like that. So I went up. And literally went in a pair of fucking runners, tracks the bottoms, t-shirt, strolled up, got to Laytown. And I, we have this kind of cart that we put all our gear into and just pull it along, you know, to the beach. Because there's no point. We're small kids. There's stuff in there. You've gone to Laytown and you're telling me you have a cart. Yeah, yeah. Go pull it along. Did you just go in a high ace van? No, 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 no. <laughs> She's a lovely car. <laughs> but, um, but no, seriously, when you have a two-year-old, it's like buggy, no, buggy on sand, no good. This is a cart with a big handle on it. I know the um, ones you're talking about. You, you get them when you're in Eurocamp and you can pull the kids around Eurocamp. Yeah, and, and then they fold up, up and shit, so they're yeah, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we went to Laytown, we got to the beach, quite nice out, and I swear to God, 
when about 15 minutes there wasn't a cloud in the sky it must it was at least 28 degrees celsius up there and i was sitting there absolutely sweating me bollocks off but um lovely day i hear you i hear you know i i, I went out this morning thinking i was going to get soaked on me on the morning cycle to, to get out for, for the owl of the mountains and i was there going when am i going to get lashed on here and didn't and got back and then we had friends around for barbecue or whatever it was um and all of a sudden the sun broke and it's like a glorious, glorious afternoon. Um, blue skies and the sun. And people don't realise that the Irish like to talk about the weather more than anything in the whole world. You might think we do like to talk about Liverpool Football Club, but the weather actually the weather is, is, the, is the top. Is when you meet top. anybody, when you meet anybody you know or don't know, you know if you see someone just you're sitting in a waiting room, you go, oh, how are you? you know, you kind of have to say hello. And people go, oh, fucking desperate out there, isn't it? Like, it's never like, you know, what do you think yeah. of that war in Ukraine? It's like... Looks like it's gonna rain. Um, I went to Wexford on Saturday and and it started to rain on the way down and it didn't stop. I actually thought I had a I had a I had a sense I was gonna have to build an ark to get home. Like that's how bad the rain yeah, was, right? Yeah. And, and I, went, Sunday, we to- I was chasing animals around the park to try to get two of each, right? I was there going, mm. male, male, no, you can have to find your female companion because we need to go in this ark here because I was going to turn the shed upside down and put them all into it, thinking that you know the way <laughs> you turn the shed upside we down went, looks just, like a boat. Just talking about uh the weather, right? Um, when we left Laytown, um, we said we just get a, f- a bag of chips or something on the way home. Like fuck this dinner stuff that this late. <clears throat> so we said yeah. So I went into the chipper, rang the chipper on the way, and said, "Look, I want to collect stuff. No problem." Gave the order, went in, and the first thing your man said to me behind the chipper was collection. I said, "Yeah." He said, "I'm feel like crying in here." And I was like, "Why?" He goes, "Look at the weather, man. Look at the weather. I feel like crying in here." I was like, "Relax with you. It's only one day. Be raining for the next ten. But like straight away, it wasn't like, "What's your order?" <laughs> he wants something vinegar. He just wants to cry in the chipper because it's sunny. But there you go. Um, you know, you've been in Ireland long enough when you when the first thing you talk about to anyone is the weather. It is. It is. It is. A hundred percent. No matter who yeah. you meet, doesn't matter who you meet. Yeah. It's like it's the weather. Yeah. And you know what the what, what most awkward things is is you know when you meet someone that you haven't met and say six months yeah and they're not really a me but you know them and then you yeah. meet them like it's, it happens to me at the school all the time when i collect my daughter and you walk up and you go oh hey and they go hey and you go oh geez i hope it doesn't rain before they come out you know like, <laughs> fuck's sake and you just you just go oh yeah yeah and then you just you're praying for the, to hear the bell going to the school i did it i did that on saturday so i was running up the mountains and uh, i just came i was on the way back down the downhill so i was like flying along like thinking i was, I was deadly right and, and the whole lot i bumped into a fella i hadn't i used to play football with for like the best part of 10 years right and i just bumped into him you know just bumped awkward ones. randomly that's just a grand day for this isn't it <laughs> he's like going up and all he cried yeah <laughs> yeah where are you oh yeah i'm doing this yeah it's a grand day for it it's hard oh, you can't look it's not too sunny it's not too hot it's, it's just yeah. there's a bit of drizzle there it's and you're kind of be did you ever notice where you're kind of walking away from each other as you're still talking about the weather but you want to get away from each other yeah and you just keep going ah yeah sure yeah you know you know yourself and then you, or you know how it is and then you just get away uh, but there you go um, but anyway that's the weather and, uh, uh, and I am sunburned but tomorrow it will look fantastic because uh, I am a quarter Italian right here we go uh, James Milner um, I put it out to you again um, I was delighted when I heard he signed that deal Phil I'll tell you why in a minute but how are you feeling about it I, I, I'm honestly look I, I understand the ceiling I, I get it Um his impact on the team and the squad uh, seems to be quite big in terms of the personality he brings and and the, and the position he holds within that for the players around him. And I'm not just talking about the new younger kids coming through, but also 
the older kids and the older players because they look like they all look up to them in a way that this is what a professional looks like. This is how, this is what you, if you want to have a long career in football, this is what a professional footballer does. Do you get me? So it's like it's, he is held up as the talisman of the type of athlete that Klopp wants you to be as a football player and they're able to say, there he is there. And even though he's 56, he's still going to get games and minutes. And I think that's I think that's why they were prepared to give him a deal. And a, and a one-year deal, they said he's taken a hugely reduced salary. It, to be fair to Milner... 50 grand a week, is apparently. Whatever the number is. He was is. on 140. I, I, bet you, I bet you that's 50 grand a week. His basic is 50 grand a week, right? Mm-hmm. And if he puts his right sock on before his left sock, he gets another 20 grand, mm-hmm. right? And if he plays more than five games in pre-season, he gets another 50 grand. And But, you know, that's what, like our deals... And the way the structure's been built by Michael Edwards is that you get a basic and then it's heavily incentivized and there's realistic incentive, in, incentives and then there's, you know, pre- pushed incentives and then there's the top end, which is like the almost untouchable incentives, which, could you imagine, they probably would have been all in a million quid a week had they won the quadruple this year. You, you know, that type of, that's the way that those deals are, are built to be. Um, and that's how they've been able to attract talent where you think they might go to a different club because those heavily incentivized deals means that our wage bill can fluctuate by 20 to 30 million. You look at, you look at what our wage bill was the year, not this year, but the previous year after we won the, the league title, right? You know, in, 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 in the thing, I think it was about 30 million higher than what it was in the pre, in mm. the past year. And that's because of the incentives that kicked in between how far we got in the Champions League and then winning the league title as well. So. This seems to be the issue with the Salah deal. The club want to keep going down this route in terms of what it is and saying, look, we'll give you a base of this and this is what it is, but then we'll incentivize the rest. And obviously, Abbas and Salah want want at least a guarantee. I think they're offering, what they're offering Salah is is actually an increase in his in his guaranteed wage. Mm. But um, it would a reduction that, in the incentives. Yeah, a reduction in the incentives. Yeah, so yeah. he can potentially earn less, but he's guaranteed more. You know, yeah, 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 and it's, it's always guaranteed money you're looking for. Anyway, Zup Dogs, it sounds like a convo you should have had before the show, gents. Zup Dog, it's the summer, and um, we will be talking mainly about the weather and um, anything else we can come across and throw some football in the middle. Wait what till I get on to get on to jog jumping relay races. That was just oh, the well, best thing I've watched. You, you know, you know nothing, Zup Dog, until we get on to the world games later on. Maybe Zup um, Dog does. Maybe he's a dog and he was in the races last night and he was excited because I was watching it and he wanted to come on and watch me tonight. Well, maybe he does. Um, took a ninety grand course as just. Wizard says 50 grand is a lot. 50k is a lot of money for his age. Uh, one matter, I think, is about 34 and was on <laughs> oh, 200 grand plus. So, um, mm. there you go. And he does Just a before lot more than one matter. On the Milner thing, Gav, I think Milner is more set up to be a very good manager if that's the route, or very good head coach if that's the route he wants to go. Because the type of player he is, he's not that super elite player where his talent was so good that they can't understand why players can't come to the levels that they were able to reach, right? The, the, the Roy Keynes, the Gerrards, the, 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 lots of managers who have struggled to get to, to bridge the gap from being a, an amazing player to being an amazing manager. And he's more of what that Ancelotti type, you know, that, that, that type where he was a very good player but played under lots of the managers, lots of different soils, in lots of different clubs, in lots of different places that, that were going on. And as such, he's learned an awful lot and he's finishing up with probably the best manager he's worked under. Um, and he would have been with Mancini. He would have been with Bobby Robson. He would have been with Dave O'Leary. Um, he would have been with a, a lot of top na- top managers at that time when he played with them. And he's probably absorbed and, and, and learned a lot. 
And I think he's potentially one of those dark horse players that people don't think about as being a manager, but could could potentially be one of the next best English managers because of who and what he's learned over the course of his 50 years as a player. Listen, you don't like everyone thought Jamie Carragher would go into management because he was absolutely obsessed with the game, not just mm. in England, but all over the world. Players, every tournament he could get his hands on, whether that be under 17s, European Championships to South American stuff. And he just, it's not something that interests him. He likes doing the media. Um, Milner, don't know if he suits the media, but he, he certainly comes across someone that would be a brilliant coach um, at whatever level he wants to be. At manager, I'm not too sure, but. You know, you never, you never know in football. Like if he's, if he's, if he's taking a ninety grand cut to be at Liverpool, mm-hmm. um, the chance there, someone else, someone somewhere was probably offering him more to go somewhere for a year. Um, Villa were heavily linked, and I seen some MLS clubs being linked. But look, he's staying at Liverpool for a year. I, I tell you why I'm delighted. I think it's brilliant for our plan by Liverpool, and this is what I, this is why I mean this right. He and it's something that um, Matt on the show said the other night about. The age of our midfielders, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds, and then you have a gap to 27, and then you have a gap again to 29, 30, and then you've won to 36. And he was saying, if you're bringing in a midfielder, and we talk about players that have been linked in, in a bit, but if you're bringing in a midfielder, maybe 24, 25 is the age to go for, just to fill that little gap in, in the squad. I think if, if Milner went, I actually think we need someone 34. Now, I'm not saying you, you have to have a 25, 26 year old in the squad, but I think he fits what we're doing with the amount of younger players that are in midfield and look at the progressing Elliot Jones. Um, even if you bring the likes of a Bellingham in, they're going to need someone around them. And I think with them being there for a year, I think it actually is forward planning in looking at maybe Jordan Henderson taking on that role in a year's time. Now, I'm not writing off Jordan Henderson completely, but Jordan Henderson in a year's time, I think it'll be 32 years of age. Um, we will definitely have looked to progress the midfield by then. You would definitely look for Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones to so come on. You don't know about... Um, you don't know about uh, Naby Keita Fabinho um, saying he signed a new deal tonight. Keita yeah I haven't yeah. I haven't seen that now. Fabinho Thiago 29 and 30 I think um, but I think I, I'm not saying you, you. I think he he does it for a year and I think Henderson takes up that mantle of Milner when he was 32 33 if you go back mm. a couple of years ago you know filling in here filling in there gets a run in the team has to come in force sub on whether you're winning or losing at the end of the day, Henderson can't go on forever. And if you look at the progressive midfield, the chances are it's Henderson that's probably going to lose out first in that midfield, in my opinion, if you're playing Thiago and Fabinho. So I just think it's really good forward planning. I think in a year's time, Henderson, I'm not saying he won't be captain anymore. I'm not saying he won't be club captain anymore. But he probably will be looking to say, look, I'm 32, going to be 32 year. I'll be 12 years at Liverpool playing at very high intensity. And I may need to step back. And when you need a player that knows they're stepping back and playing a certain amount of games a season, like Milner probably has for the last two or three seasons at Liverpool, I think Henderson is, is absolutely nailed on for that. So keeping hold of Milner for a year, I think, is a really, really um, good thing. Chris Brax says James Milner is perfect for young players as he can talk them through the highs and lows of a career. Highs of Liverpool and City, lows of relegation and Newcastle. Um, let me read out a few bits for you, Phil. Uh, Courts could learn so much from the from the players around him. Says Avo. Uh, let me see. What do you think of Kelleher's comments about playing? Kelleher, Quivan Kelleher said he will have discussions with the club this summer as to what his future is. Now I don't think he's saying he wants to leave or he's pushing for a transfer. But you said this a while ago, didn't you? You thought that it may come to the stage where Quivan Kelleher needs to have a 
you know, a very frank discussion with, with Jurgen Klopp mm. because we, we've talked about Alisson being the best goalkeeper in the world for a, for a good while now and Cuevin Keller is really, really good. Does he need to have that conversation? Yep. Yeah. For his sake, I'm not, I'm not, for, for our sake, no. Right, but for his sake as a player, um, and at the level he's at at the moment now, he's got a choice to make. If his market is as high as it's going to be, outside of uh, an Allison injury that takes him out for four to six months, right? Given he's won the um, Caravan Cup and he scored the winning penalty in the Caravan Cup, and he's had a really good run in the team. He has all the medals. He has all the medals. Mm -hmm. He's proved he can do it in the Premier League. He's proved he can do it in the Champions League, right? Um, tonight there, there's talk that United have rejected a bid for Dean Henderson from Newcastle, right? Man, we should we like Newcastle should be all over Keller. Like, uh, uh, genuinely, I'm not even messing about this, right? Because Keller is a better goalkeeper than Dean Henderson, and that's I'm, I'm not even I'm not even messing about this. He's a better goalkeeper. He has more about him, and um, his ceiling is higher than Henderson as a goalkeeper as well. And he's also learned off Allison for the last two, three years in terms of what it was. He's been versed in how to play that way. And we can see the way he's been stepped in and why he, he stepped in. It's the way it is. Like, from my point of view, if I'm Kelleher and there's the option of Newcastle is there, I think it's time to go. Because Newcastle, if you look what Eddie Howe did in those um, five months since he came in, he's done very well for them. He's moved them on a stage and the way Mark Hughes moved Manchester City on when he came in and took over when they got all the money in the door, right? And he's probably going to do the same again next year if we get them in top seven, top six, top five position in terms of what's there. And Kelleher being part of that would be a very good step up for him because any team, as I said as I said in this before, Arsenal will be improved with Kelleher. Spurs will be improved with Kelleher, right? He's the best goalkeeper outside of United, ourselves and Manchester City. The, and outside of that, the, I think Jose Sa, the Wolves fella. What about Mendy Sean, at Chelsea? Good goalkeeper. He's good, but, he, but he's at what he is, right? I can see Kelleher being properly elite. When you look at the way he plays the game, the way he's able to distribute the game, his spread, his his positioning, his mental focus and mental concentration, I, I genuinely think he's got a higher ceiling than, than Mendy, right? And I, I don't think Mendy's a bad goalkeeper, but is he elite and... I don't think you'd be talking about Mendy in two or three years' time. And if the money comes in at Chelsea, it wouldn't surprise me if they go and spend fifty million on, say, Old Black if he became available. Do you know what I mean? Like because that's that's taken. It's like what we did. It's it's a pure upgrade. You're getting in somebody who is top five and is going to be top five for the next five to ten years. Um, and, and if you want to be the best in Europe and the best in the league, that's what you have to do. Uh, from Newcastle's point of view, it's kind of hard better than what they have there. Yes. So what's the options Newcastle have? Dean Henderson is one. Um, is that Jose Sa at Wolves? Are Wolves selling to Newcastle? Probably because they're they're a selling club. Nick Pope up only. No, just gone down. No, I, I like I, I think Pope again is in that is that in that bracket of the um, Pickfords and the, like he's 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 an average to good goalkeeper. Liverpool being best. linked with Ben Foster to come in as a tour keeper as well. We brought in your man. What was your man's name? Andy Donegan. Right, we brought him in. Right, so we brought. Well, we only brought him in as an emergency because we needed. To, we wanted to hold on to three keepers because of. I, I wouldn't pay much attention to, to Foster coming in. Like I don't see any point in it. We've already got Adrian there. He's got another year left on his contract. So why would why would you? You know what I mean? 
Mm. Antico says we've been linked with Foster on a free if Adrian leaves and Keller Stay alone on. would you take him for experience Sam Tandy says I think Keller just wants to know the future holds for next season he signed a new contract last summer which is a great point and Klopp would would tell, would have told him the plan for him back then so it probably was a question well on international duty where he said what about next year and he said ah yeah I'll talk to Liverpool about what's happening it's probably just fairly standard but I think if he, if if Keller was to turn to Liverpool and go listen I want to play games I need to play regular football. I think Liverpool should do everything they can to say, right, we're sending you along for two years. Mm. We're sending you along for two years and we know you'll do really well. Because let's be honest, in two years' time, Alisson may turn around and go, listen, it's 2024, I think he's out of contract 2025 and he might go, look, I want to go back to Brazil. Or the wife wants to go and play. He's not though. He's only twenty nine. He's he's got at least another. No, no, no. I know that. I know it's not about it's not about his age. I think it's the contract more than anything else. And he might just say, "Do you know what? I've played in Italy. I've played in England. The wife wants to to live in Spain for a couple of years. I want to go back to Brazil." He's very, very um, a bit of a homeboy. I think Alison. You know, he really looks forward to getting back to Brazil for his international stuff. So. I think if Kelleher was to turn around and say that, I think Liverpool should do their absolute utmost to either A, get a two-year loan deal some, done somewhere, or B, you sell him, but you have a buy-back clause in the next two years for him. I think that would be the best thing for him. And then maybe you will see the likes of uh, Ben Foster and stuff like that. And um, We are asking for um, suggestions for winners and losers this week. If you want to throw them in there, you can. And we try to discuss them. <laughs> Jono. Red, St- Red Steve said, don't forget Carrius if Callagher goes. Oh, God. No, he's out of contract. In about he's out of contract. He's, he's, he's literally gone to Los Angeles to do a new video. Yeah. And yeah. it's the greatest postseason video of all time that he's done um, that time. Because mm. uh, he was on holiday. What's the problem? Um, that's, that's you, don't the for, you don't forgive him for what happened against Madrid in, in Kiev. But at the end of the day, he's on holiday. And he was making the video. Uh, Jono says, loser of the week, Liverpool. Mane wants out. Salah threatening to move to a new rival. Now Keller wants to discuss his future. It's all been shit since City beat us to the league. Phil, are Liverpool the loser so far? No, because nothing's happened. Hmm. Uh, like, you know, I know, I know this is uh, shit I accept that, right? But the reality is nobody has signed a new contract. Nobody's been sold yet. Nobody's been released yet. Nobody's been signed yet. Literally nothing has happened, right? So we knew Mane had made the utterances before the Champions League. I think it was pretty clear that he's he's planning on rocking and rolling, right? Um, or you could I think look at it and saying he's having to think about it. But I think it's clear as well. Salah's come out and said he's not going anywhere. He's, he's playing next season. Mm-hmm. So there's no point worrying about that. Mm-hmm. He's not going anywhere. Unless the club decide, hey, you're off. That's not happening. Well, he doesn't right. have to because he could just stay there and go, I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what bid you accept, I'm going nowhere. You know, me and Shiny were talking about this deal. I know Shiny was saying Liverpool have lost their control over the Salah thing a bit because he's turning around and says, I'll be definitely here next season and it's still mm-hmm. not going on with the contract. But the club have come out and Klopp has said, he, everyone that's a year left has been offered a deal. They know exactly where they stand and Liverpool have done everything they need to do with regards to that. So. But again, we don't know what's been done and what's not been done. And the other side of it is, look, if Mane goes this year, he's given us seven years, seven incredible years, right? That's a very long time in modern day football for any player. Six. Six years. But even six years, five years is a very long time in modern day football, right? In in terms of who you're going to be with one team. So... In my view, if Mane goes, I'm going to say, listen, thank you very much. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for everything you did um, and all the best in, in, in your future endeavours. And it's 
been incredible to watch what watch it forcefully prove me wrong because I thought like why are we signing this fellow he doesn't score many goals he scored loads of goals and he's been a talisman for that team right the way through his six years that were there and even to this year he was the fellow who dragged us kicking and screaming towards being in with a chance of winning the title of the Champions League um, so yeah and if Salah decides to go next year I'd be upset that we are losing a player that I feel is the greatest player we've ever had um, bar none and someone who has electrified that team. And when I say electrified, like truly electrified, was the was all these other pieces were key to winning trophies. But he is the electricity that runs from the top part of that team to the other part of the team. So uh, you know that they would be disappointments. But Klopp signed a new deal to evolve this team and to and and to renew and to re- revolve and change and reinvigorate the team. And I'm looking at this going. This is the challenge. When he when the challenge happened at Dortmund, but a challenge you could see coming, Phil. Oh no, I I, I don't disagree, Gav. But the challenge you know, he like, had at Dortmund, Klopp, the- Klopp is signing that deal, and he knows Salah's got a year left. He knows Mane, yeah. Firmino, Keita, whoever. Right? He knows he might have an issue with Keller. He he knows he might he might have to convince Milner, whatever it might be. Right? But he signed that deal knowing that if player A goes, we're going to do this. If player B stays. We don't have to do anything. But if he leaves, we do this. If player C doesn't want to stay, we're going to have to do it. He's not like, I love the story about his wife saying he can't leave here in 2024. And it's not like they just left the kitchen and went straight to Liverpool and said, put the deal on the table. They, they, did. Had, big, they had big discussions. He had big discussions with, <laughs> with his, with his uh, coaching staff and his, his right-hand man and Linders and, and Pete Kravitz and stuff like that. They would have sat down and went, look, if we're signing to 2026, this may happen. What are we going to do? You know, and this is when this time of the year comes around, Phil, when it's all like, oh, man, he's leaving and we're not allowed to bring anybody in. Oh, Diaz was his replacement. Well, okay, if Diaz was his replacement, well, just, let's just replace Origi then and go from there. You know, it's, I get where people are getting a bit flustered and I get Shawnee's point on losing a bit of control on Salah. But at the end of the day, do you, do you pay Salah what he wants? Okay. It could be extortion. I don't know what it is. Do you if do you pay Salah what he wants and risk triggering something within the squad that you're going to end up paying a lot more people more money, or do you sit tight and go to Salah? Listen, if you want to go in a year, you go in a year, but we can't pay you any more than that, and see how it goes. It's a game of cat and mouse, and I think Salah's saying I'm staying next year was a real case of I'm running this down, boys, and Liverpool will have mm-hmm. to hold a nerve, or Salah will have to hold a nerve. Gav, the, the other side of this is you've got to look at and, and and think to yourself, right? Here's Salah, right? He's extended already once since he signed for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. There's Mane. He's extended once since he signed at Liverpool. Success in a transfer is somebody who brings trophies and extends their contracts at least once over the time that they're with the club, right? That's success. When it comes to transfers, that's success. I go back to this evolution and, and, and the build. Like I've I seen John Ob just typed in to lose Mane and Salah in summers in back-to-back windows will be mental. But then you could argue, well, we signed Thiago, Jose and, and Diaz in back-to-back windows. So like, is that mental too? Like we've been building. The, the, we can't turn around three weeks ago and say, isn't this incredible? Look at our squad now. We never had this much depth and we've never had this much inter in, interaction between players being able to come in and go out. And uh, for the first time ever, we can consider letting Salah sit on the bench and it doesn't weaken the team that's there, right? So the, the key bit here for Klopp is what he failed to do at Dortmund. And I think this is the challenge that's kept him here and signed the new deal. I think ultimately, if you boil it down, is that he never got the second Klopp 
He never got that second Klopp squad, right? So he lost Gotze. He lost Lewandowski. He lost a load of play- Lucas Barrios. He lost a- all these players that were, were his great Dortmund side. That's a side that got Dortmund to the Champions League final and won two leagues back to back. All right. And I think the challenge for him as a manager is knowing that if he builds a second great Liverpool side, then he will have fixed the one question mark that set o- sat over him from his time in Germany and his time as manager at Dortmund. There was this view that he could build a brilliant club to have a brilliant run, but ultimately the style of play wears players out. And he, as a manager, was with, with his director of football, were unable to find that second wave of the players to replace the players that get tired out from playing that style of football. And I'd say to this stage, his ability to evolve the team so far has been 100% successful. Look at Kanate's come in. We had no centre-backs. Now Kanate's come in. We've got Matip. We've got Van Dijk. We've got Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez is going nowhere. Let's talk about Joe Gomez. He's not going anywhere. There's four centre-backs. That's just the way it goes, right? The biggest challenge he has now, and the biggest challenge he was ever going to face, is how does he replace the front three of that first wave of Klopp teams? How does he replace Firmino, Salah, and Mane, right? We have Jota. We have Diaz. And I, I've, I've said it on here, and I'll stick by it. I've got question marks over Diaz. I think he's a fantastic player to watch. His end product isn't there yet, and I'm hoping that a full preseason yeah, will I think Yeah, I think the preseason will be huge. Yeah, and, and if it isn't, then there's questions and there's valid questions to be had then. I think he's, as I said, he's a, he's a lovely player to watch and the effort and the skills and the way he plays the game is fantastic. But we're still missing all those goals because if he wants to have the impact that Mane, Firmino and Salah had under Klopp, he needs the goals because all three of them delivered goals. Yeah. I know I know, Firmino's goals have been falling off and that's why we've had to replace him because again, yeah. it's and the Jota, type, Jota weighs in with 21 this season. Although exactly. it wasn't great at the back end of last season, but he still ends up with 21 goals. And I get you on Diaz. I think he's a brilliant player. I think the effort, skill, his pace, everything about him, he's, he's, he's probably annoying. He's, if you're fitting him into the Klopp way of playing, he's probably about an 8.5 out of 10. Not mm-hmm. forget, forget performance-wise. I just think that the fit is about an 8.5 out of 10 at the moment. But I think from very early doors with Diaz, Klopp was very open and said, oh, he's just turned up and he's deadly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like he turned up in January and went, listen, I'll see you in the middle of February when when my coach is working for six weeks and we'll get you going. He just told me, he's fucking deadly. I'm, yeah. And he's just throwing him in on the fly. I mean, listen, you're going to be, you're going to be that kind of uh, wild card in the team every week. Um, we'll, we'll just play to you and we'll see what happens and we'll, we'll walk around you. And I think that's been a big case. And I think a lot of what, when you see that his finishing can improve, there's no doubt about it, but that, that can come. But I even think when you watch him interacting in games at times where, in particular, Salah. Um, for me, you know, we had kind of a decent relationship. But, but Salah, Jota, a few of them were, you'd expect him to get the ball and he didn't. And then sometimes you'd expect him to pass it and he didn't. And sometimes you expect him to shoot and he passed. You know, I think it's a preseason of that where we've seen, we've all seen the preseason videos when they go away to Austria. And yep. they're absolutely fucking drilling them Banked. to the last yep. touch of a ball. You know, and they're dropping balls on the halfway line and going, you're attacking, go. You're defending, go. You know, I think I think Diaz will 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 benefit massively from that, and I think I would expect him to have a big big season next year. Jota, I have a little bit of a worry over. I just don't know because when I hear all this Nunes talk, I'm thinking that's annoying. Firmino is definitely annoying. Jota, I think is annoying. 
I don't think he, he does enough out wide in the way we play. I kind of get a bit concerned over him. I think the, the major one at the moment I'd be looking at is probably Rafinha, who's a left, a right winger with left foot, can play as a 10, can go out left, he can do most. He's, he can, he's a really, really good player. I think he actually suits us if you're looking at forward planning as well. But going back to Klopp, you're right in what you're saying. It is a big challenge for him. But it's not like, it's not like the season's over and he's gone. Oh fuck, man, he's gone and Salah's running it out and you know what we'll do with this. I'm signing the deal. He signed it months, like he signed it ages ago. So he's known about it probably three or four months at this stage, and he knows that that four months ago or three months ago, the chances of all this happening could happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm still signing it. It's not like it's being mm-hmm. thrown on him now and he signed the deal and it's like. Oh fuck! I signed the deal and see what we can do. He's most definitely gone into the end of the season. Going, he might go and we get him. He might go and we get him. And you have to trust him because something you said a minute ago. His the way he, uh, the way him and his team, um, pick players and recruit them has been second to none. So the, the, and that's the only that's the only wild card in this whole thing. Edwards is gone, mm. and he's been the, he's been the true mainstay of 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 that mainstay mainstay of that recruitment team since 2013 right so he's been he's been the heart and soul of this build even before Klopp arrives in terms of putting the squad of players together and the squad of players that we have and the squad of players that we're looking at having right so again look how Julian um, what's his name Julian Julian Ward Julian Edwards (laughs) Julian Edwards I was going to say Julian Clary (laughs) but I didn't Julian Ward so how Julian Edwards gets on, that's what's going to be really important because he's going to be just known. Everyone now that signs as the recruitment team is just Edwards, right? So that's they're all Edwards and Michael Edwards is gone and Julian Edwards is in. This is his first big challenge. Um, he knows that he's going to lose somebody. The quiet bit in all this gap, I, I think that everyone everyone is losing their shit over Mane and Salah heading out the door, right? I think. But Firmino's off as well. Like He's in the exact same boat as the rest of the lads, yeah. right? Um, and... That's three lads, three lads running down their deals. Uh, if, even if they're the safe from receive, three lads run down. And that's three big boots to fill outside of, we have options, Diaz and Jota, that's there. We've lost Origi and potentially are losing Mane, Salah and, and Firmino within 12 months of losing Origi. So there's a lot of bodies. I'm not even talking about quality now, I'm just talking <coughs> about a lot of bodies and a lot of holes that that squad will need to fill because that's what they expect to do. Now, I think... When you look at the Carvalho signing and you look at Harvey Elliott, what they expect and what they hope and the growth they expect to see out of these players, I'm, I'd imagine they're expecting to see some of them step in or one of them to take one of those roles. And then you're probably looking at, you do somebody this year, you do somebody next year, and the three have gone and all of a sudden you've got your new group of forwards. Yeah, I think, I, think the, I think the Salon not being extended, If you if, like a lot of people running from January onwards were saying, right, one could go, right, that could be Manny, one could run out the contract in Firmino and one extends. So you lose on one now, one next year and possibly one a year or two later. So it's that staggered sort of thing where you can replace. But now you're looking going, well, maybe one will go and the other two could just run down the contracts. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I think there's a great shout that Firmino doesn't sign a deal, doesn't look to leave, but says, no, I'll run it down and I'll head yeah. off and I won't kick it. You see, the thing about Firmino is, he's in the exact same position as Salah He's there longer than Salah. He's had a huge influence on Liverpool, right? And a huge influence on Salah, the way he's, he's played with him, right? But they haven't had a word from him. The problem, and look, I'm, it, was, it would be a big deal with Salah anyway, but the way the carry-on is going on is just fucking ridiculous. Like, you know, it's something new every week, and then you have you, you literally know does does journalists and websites being given information to go out and say these things. 
you know, say loads, but we'll say nothing at the same time. And, and that's what's probably getting annoying Liverpool fans a bit. Um, where they're going, well, can this fella not just shut the fuck up? Or if it's not him talking, can he not just tell the people, just shut up? You know what I mean? But Gav, Gav we, we had it this screams, discussion It screams before. to me, sorry, Phil, it screams to me that he wants to stay at Liverpool, right? He wants to sign a deal at Liverpool because he knows, he could go anywhere, I suppose, but the way he's loved at Liverpool, you don't think he's going to recreate that. It screams to me that he wants to stay and he knows Liverpool have offered him a deal and he knows he won't go any higher and he's trying desperately to get them to shift that, that movement mm. on it and he won't. And look, ultimately, you know, if he decides to go for the money, I'm not surprised. That's the, that's just the way professional sport is and yeah. I think f- football and, and some of my football fans are fairly insular when it, when it comes to looking at how the rest of the world operates and even other leagues, how it operates that ultimately at the end of the day, money is the only thing that talks. You can love the club and you can love the people as much as you want but it's down to money and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter who, like you can have the biggest anti-Bayern Munich player uh, uh, who grew up as a hated fan of whatever it is and when Bayern Munich put the money on the, on the table, they go, all that just disappears because the money goes and, and they go. You, you know, you, you look at transfers that have happened between Barcelona and Real Madrid. That's happened. Figo went from Barcelona to Real Madrid. Like that didn't happen too long ago. You, you know, like these, these are huge transfers that have happened between the clubs. Luis Enrique went from Real Madrid to Barcelona. Like these things happen outside of England. It's only England that's very insular. Again, it's only England. It's a bizarre, weird country, but it's only England that, that's insular to this idea that, I oh, don't know. He's loyal to us. He's loyal. It's not footballers. It's a profession. They make so well, much well, money. It brings me on to this then, because you'd be interested. I left up there a long time. Yeah. Tom Boland says the winner is Paul Pogba for conning Manchester United into buying him twice and then let him leave on a free. So Paul Pogba is at United, leaves for free to Juventus, comes back for 89 million in 2017, I want to say. And it looks like he might be on his way back to Juventus on a free contract. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen anything massively solid on, on where he's going. Mind you, I haven't seen anything massively solid on any transfer. Um, but Paul Pogba, Phil, you know, you're talking about loyalty and you're talking about he loves this club and, you know, and but then you look at Paul Pogba and you just go, he. if you want to see someone that just does what he wants for himself and doesn't give two fucks about whatever club, and I include Juventus in this, that's it. That's Paul Pogba is that, isn't he? No, Paul Pogba is, uh, I would actually go to the opposite side and say, is a massive loser. He's wasted his talent. He had the potential to be the best footballer in the world. Somebody who was, who, who, who had the ability and the skills to step into the footsteps of Zinedine Zidane as the, as by far the most influential and gifted midfielder of a generation. And he's wasted it. He's gone to United and he's been a sack of shit since he was at United. And let's be straight about this. This is a guy whose talent is off the charts. And when he's on the game, there's nobody better you can watch him in field than terms of what he can do, right? Yeah. But he has spent all those years at United doing nothing and being hugely, hugely poor in most of the games he's played in. And what's he? Did he win the World Cup of France? Is that it? Yeah. That's it. That's it. His 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 impact as a club player is zero. Zilch nada. No Champions League medals. I think medals. he's won a UEFA Look, Cup of United. Under Mourinho. As I said, as I said, no Champions League medals, <laughs> yeah. no league medals. No, I'm, I'm serious, Yeah, Gav. no, no, I get you, I get you. Had he gone to Real Madrid instead of going to United, he'd be sitting there with four Champions League medals. He, he would be decorated as, and, and believed to be, they would have built a team around him to play, to play that type of football. 
right? To free him, to allow him to play and be the team. United signed him and should have built the whole team and the whole structure around Pogba, and they didn't. Instead, they signed 11 other number 10s to play around alongside him and nobody else to play. It's just insanity. And he's wasted his career. So he's gone back to Juventus. Fantastic. You're going to waste it, son. And, and I'm being straight with this. You should. You had an opportunity to go to Real Madrid. You didn't take it. If, if Paris Saint-Germain are taking a deal, take it. Because you need to go and resurrect your name if you want to be remembered in 10, 15 years' time. Because in 10 and 15 years' time, at this moment in time, Paul Pogba will be a nothing. Will be a nothing. It'll be a footnote about the time Alex Ferguson let a fella go to Juventus, and that was it, right? He'll be... What was the, the, the um, French kid who played one game for us against Sunderland? Um... Damien Plessy. Plessy. He will be just alongside Damien Plessy as a footnote in the annals of Premier League history because he's done nothing since he signed for United. So I'm telling you now, he needs to go and find a money club that's going to win loads of trophies so as that he can hold a few medals up and do something because at this stage in time, he's a nothing player. He may as well. He's the French Mario Balotelli at the moment. It's it's funny because like I, I agree with you. I think talent-wise, I think he's a phenomenal footballer. Some of the passes he hits, assists... Um, his vision, his strength, he can run with the ball. But when he was at when he was at Juventus, he played in kind of a left hand side of a diamond. And he was just mm. outstanding. Um he he tore down pitches with the ball, like so strong, so direct, could pick a pass, could shoot, cross, he could do everything. And you're right, he turns over Manchester United, and instead of them going, We're gonna sign two DMs to sit yep. behind him and hold the midfield and let him run amok. Right, because if United went in there and went, we're going four three three, we're going to have two centre backs, two defensive midfielders, we're going to have two lovely full backs, Pogba, right, Pogba, and three forwards. Yep, he'd have eaten the league alive because you would have had really strong stability behind him that didn't give him a load a lot, an awful lot of um, responsibility going the other way. But you would have given him the outlets in two full backs, two wide men. That could, you know, invert a bit like Salah and Mane did with, with Firmino and a, and a Firmino type, whoever that might have been, to hit all day. And he could have, and you actually seen it in some games where mm-hmm. he's given outlets to hit and he hits them over and over again. But when you're starting to put Pogba in a two man midfield and ask them to chase that fella or don't let that fella run off your shoulder or, you know, make sure you get in and block that passing in, you can forget it. Because he's yep. not that sort of player. People look at him and think six foot two, you know, big, strong athlete. He can go box to box. He doesn't want it's, to go box to box. Gav, it's the Steven Gerrard, right? Steven Gerrard's best position on a football team was when he didn't have to worry what was happening behind him. Yeah. Right? When he, didn't have to, when he could just play free in that space between midfield and the 18 yard box and create havoc, right? And let everybody else behind him. And unfortunately, and this is not his fault. He, but he listened to best part of 20 years of the media telling him he was a box-to-box midfielder and he was he should be in there controlling the midfield. When in reality, he was the best number 10 of his generation. Best number 10 of his generation. Like, you go back and watch that time under Rafa when he's playing off Torres and you will not see a number 10 in the world anywhere near to what Steven Gerrard was able to do. From either long-distance shots, treaded through balls, clips, chips, all that type of stuff, and goal scores as well. But my God, this is what, this is what, this is what football... Can ha- this is what can happen to you in football when you aren't in the right situation with the right city. Like I, I honestly, I would say this now. And I'm doing my dumpy finger. Yeah, you are a bit. This day. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. 
We're in showbiz, baby. Baby. Yeah. I'll tell you now, Bill. I'll tell you now. If Paul Pogba was playing for Jurgen Klopp, he would definitely be the world's greatest footballer. Would you take him at Liverpool? Not now, but I would have. Mm. Honestly, if, if you put that, if you put Pogba into air midfield and um, Klopp got the work ethic he wanted when he, you know, went to press in that top end of the pitch where he was and he, he was able to play his midfield the way he likes to do because air midfield is an offset triangle as well. It's not like it's, it's, it's three lads going across. You can see that there's one is always slightly in front and then you've got two, one slightly off to the side and one here and then they create this where they move around and all. But I'm, if you had him as the most advanced midfielder in that team, then what is the ability you had at I'll Juventus? I'll put it to this way then. You look yeah. back to Gerard. And yeah. he had he had Alonso Mascherano, right? And he had Arbaloa and mm-hmm. who was that left back two thousand and nine? Aurelio played there a bit. Yeah. But what I'm saying is right, um if you had you look you look at that team he had and then you had Gerard off Torres, right? If you kind of replicate it now and you say I said I said to you, right, we're gonna stick Fabinho and Thiago behind Pogba with Trent and with Robertson, right? And we're going to have uh, a Diaz and we're going to have a Salah either side mm. of Pogba with a, whoever, Firmino, Jota, doesn't matter, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Do you think he'd work? Because you're putting them in a position where they dominate most games, Liverpool, possession-wise, territory-wise. It would be it would be very, very, very Jorgi Dortmund. Do you know right. what I mean? Like that was because that was the system he, he had where he had three lads behind Lewandowski. So that's mm. that's what it was. He had Gotza playing as the number ten, and he had the two lads either side. Or he had Lucas Barrios playing off uh, up front or, or, or alternating around the top, and he had Kagawa on one side. And who was the guy they had on the other side? I can't remember who they had. Anyway, it's, it's neither here nor there. But you know that was the original formation and system that Klopp had, which was designed to allow his best player or his best playmaker. To, to fully extract everything he could and create the chances that that team went wild with. And when I look at it and say, yes, but if you sit in there and you look at what we can do, you go back five years and you're taking the Pogba that was at Juventus and dropping him into that position. Absolutely. You take the fella now, nah, damaged goods, and there's nothing going to, there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to change that at this point in time. He can go off and he can go back to Juventus and probably plays where he needs to play and get his confidence back. But no, at this stage, he's, there's too many bad habits now ingrained in his psyche that would that would it would be a massive, massive rebuild from the style of player than to what to what he is to play for now. And that's why if we're going for somebody like you see the fellas that were being linked with in midfield, and again they're a they're a certain type. They're a certain age and a certain type, and you can see they're trying yeah, to move. Big, their, strong, uh, big, strong, physical can move with the ball and can yeah, and, and can walk. And young, you look at our age. We we had the fourth oldest squad in well, terms that's, of that's game what time. Matt, that's what Matt was saying. If if, if anyone hasn't watched the viewers' uh, voice from towards the Matt who's in Canada made a great point about the age of our midfield and where that's why I was I was pushing on Milner earlier. Going, already right, he's thirty six, and you go well, but that's probably something you need, but. Like you were saying, Phil, the ones were linked with 24, 25. Mm. You know, they back up. That's forward planning again. Because when, in three years' time, when, when, when Thiago's 33 and Fabinho's 32 and Henderson's 34, you need that fella to be 28 and going, I'm the main man here now. And we can bring in another 25 year old to, to be his accomplice. But yep. yeah, you're right. Like, he probably wouldn't work. But I think the, the kind of, the weird person in me kind of went, I'd just love to see him. Just give him 
six games in the Liverpool team just to see what happened. Well, I, I'd love to see these, ability. If we're talking about you know a player, then Bellingham is the player I'd love to see us on. Mm. In terms of in, in if we're talking about the realms of players that we all know and we all and, and we're talking about this attacking free threat you know rampaging type midfielder who can link up with a front three be it whether it's a set front three or whether it's one fellow with three behind or whatever way you want to do it then Bellingham again I think and I'm not you know I, I would be the least of the fanboys when it comes to the English players but I do like watching them play I think he has a lot about him um, and I think that it would, would really be interesting I see lads all the lads going mad about Pulisic in the link Pulisic at Chelsea has been a disaster Pulisic at Dortmund was a fantastic little player, and I, I, I really like him. I think I think he'd actually, and I've said this to you in in, in real life, in in when we sat not in the internets, but in in the real world. As they're going, if you look at him, you just go, "That's a club player." You, you can see, you can see that every he's mad time he plays against us for Chelsea, I think that fucker's going to do something. He yeah. just had that. He just has that about him. I think it's the injury record that kills him. But yeah, I think yeah. the way he moves, it's low centre of gravity. He's quick. He's an eye for goal. He's a decent finisher. Um, can play off the right or left. He can play kind of anywhere. I think Klopp loves him. I think Klopp did try to go and get him before he went yeah. to Chelsea and it didn't work. Uh, but again, I don't. But think I, I agree with you, by the way. Bellingham, because all this stuff of Bellingham next year and all, and the people I mentioned, Gavi from, from Barca. Listen, if anyone got a sniff that Gavi was available from Barca, mm-hmm. right? And he was not, not actually, I, I rephrase that. If anyone got a sniff that Gavi didn't want to play for Barcelona, they'd be fucking queuing up around the corner with 50 million quid in their hand for the buyout clause to pay yeah. for him. But nobody's made the bid because Gavi's not given off anything that he wants to leave Barcelona. He wants a better deal with a billion pound fucking buyout and he'll happily stay there. That's it on Gavi. Now, unless Liverpool were to walk in and go, listen, you're 17, you're 18, whatever it is. We're going to pay the 50 million for you. We're going to give you this much and you're going to play with Liverpool for five years and you can go back and play for Barcelona if you want. That's all that's going to happen with him. With Bellingham, it's quite well known he wants to play for Liverpool or he really likes Liverpool. His whole family are Liverpool fans. And my argument on it is, I know Dortmund probably don't want to make those two big transfers in one summer, but if there's a buyout next year of 80 million on Joe Bellingham, what are you getting into a fucking, what are you getting into an auction for? Just mm-hmm. go and say to Borussia Dortmund, there's 100 million quid. We're willing to invest in this guy. He's 18 years of age. We're willing to invest in him. He's going to play with Liverpool for 10 years and 100 million over 10 years is next to nothing for a Premier League team. I fully agree with you. I like um, <coughs> I like Shio Many. I think he's I think he's probably the most versatile of who's being linked. I think he plays six or eight. But Bellingham for me just fits what we want. Yep. And and I, I don't understand all this. And this isn't me going FSG, spend the money. This isn't me. I'm just saying from a from a business point of view and a progression point of view, why are you doing yourself every year to this player? Right? Next year you could go in with 80 million and buy him out. But so could 10 other clubs. And someone could turn him and go, we know you like Liverpool, but we're going to offer you an extra 150 grand a week. Whereas Liverpool go in there and go, there's 100 million and there's a deal. Just do it now. And, uh, and that's... I don't want people to think I'm shouting and screaming about FSG because I'm not. It's none of my business. Mm-hmm. Just f- from my point of view, I'm looking at it and going, just force Borussia Dortmund's hand. If you really want a midfielder and maybe your plan was shoe many now and Bellingham next year, do Bellingham now and do someone else next year. Just switch yeah. it around because you're yeah. still going to pay the money either way. 
Somebody's saying that Gravenberch isn't going to happen. Now. Did, 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 what's the reason for Gravenberch, that? Because Gravenberch, the last time I think I read last week, was 25 million from Ajax to Bayern with add-ons and different things. Oh. Uh, but he's he's a serious player. I just couldn't believe that money was mad. Well, see, that's boring for you. But Bayern have like uh, have a higher wage bill than us. There was um there was a thing today about where we we're outperforming our wage bill. If you look at what the the actual wage bills that are out there, you've got United, City, and Chelsea ahead of us in terms of the wage bill. Um, and there's an there's an athletic article actually about how tough it's going to be for Klopp to develop or, or be as successful in the transfer market this time around. And I, I tend to agree with it because we had something that was unique and we had a statistical. Uh, methods that hadn't been used and now most of the clubs are using something similar to what it is so we need to come with the next iteration of what that is because we're all going to be the teams are going to be identifying the same players because yeah. models are models in, in terms of what it is and, and listen once you, once you see a, a closed model like Liverpool you can study yep. study study and you can literally put the same sort of people in place do the same sort of job and yeah. come back with the same numbers you know, it's up to you it's, to like, always it's like giving two people a proof. calculator and saying listen add 8 plus 8 you're gonna, they're yep. all going to come up with 16 Um Eventually. Eventually. It depends how many buttons they press. Uh, yeah, turn it on. Yeah. When you press a little number at the top of the calculator and it starts doing all degrees and shit like that. And you're no, like, there's, there's, pe- there's people in this chat that won't know what a calculator is because all they see is the, is the thing on the phone that they just add numbers together on. Yeah, but that's it's, a calculator, Phil. It's a calculator app. Look, that's an actual calculator, yeah. people. That's, a, that's, what, that's what we used back in the day before we had... The, I like the now good calculator. And you remember you used to get the ones that were normal, but then they had all the little tiny little yellow buttons at the top. Yeah. They're, they're scientific calculators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scientific calculators. And you have to choose what function you want to do. Yeah. It was, it was and that's when I went all mad. But then usually most people went back to spelling boobies. All the lads are going mad about Gravenberch and Munich and, and things. Well, look, I'm just throwing names out there. Gravenberch, uh, where's he no, gone? Can I, can I just say that, do you see the way we're throwing names out here? That's what all of you are going to go mad about for the lads who are in the now over the next two to three months. They just throw names out. Oh, like, do you know what? I, 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 it was great the other day. I, I typed in, um, I typed in uh, Nunes into Twitter, right? And yep. um, what's his first name? He's a, he's a mad first Antonio. Name. No, no. <laughs> 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 anyway, typed Darwin, Darwin, Darwin Nunes. Just typed it into Twitter, right? Just typed in Darwin Nunes into the search and just press search. And you know the way you can get top latest. So yeah. I just went to latest, and all the tweets were. And I swear to God, we're in about ten tweets. It was like he was signing for United. He'd agreed to sign for United. United had paid had bid seventy five million waiting on Benfica. United had bid seventy plus some player. Um, Liverpool were in talks. Uh, he wants to go to Liverpool. Liverpool have made a bid. This was all in about nine tweets, right? From nine different fucking websites. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But um, look, that's just the way it is in the summer. You, you, I, People went mad today because Fabrizio Romano, Fabrizio Romano said something in his cryptic way, something about something and Mo Salah's off to Barcelona. And now, right the way across, everywhere, right, everywhere, it's all about Barcelona have a deal in place to sign yeah. uh, Mo Salah next summer. And to be yeah. fair, if they sign him on a free, all the best. But Barcelona at the same time Barcelona. can't register the players they want to sign this summer because they're asking players that have been at the club two or more years <laughs> to take a 50% wage cut in order for the... And, and if you don't do that, can you leave? Can you leave because I want to bring these two in? Like So it's all fucking mad. It's absolutely mental. Um just before we go, um, we're going to talk about the war games now before we go. So anyone that doesn't like the war games, switch off. Um, but Phil, the summer for Liverpool. 
are you very at ease with it? You, you, they'll, they'll, they'll sort it out. And if Mane leaves, we'll sort it. And if we need a midfielder, we'll get one. And you know the usual. Uh, like, <sighs> look, the last eight months has been mental torture. There's no way to get around it. Yes, it's been a fantastic run and getting to the finals, but doesn't like from January every week there was Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. It was a game non-stop. every three days, I think, nearly for five months, I think, bar one or two exceptions. So Liverpool fans have been literally got their arses clenched for the best part of seven months at this stage, right? Mm-hmm. And on top, proper, like just they're going. What's going to happen next, right? Yeah. So it's now at the point where we're into summer. So you can relax the cheeks for a bit, right? You don't need to worry about who we're signing, who we're not going to sign. Because I'm going to let you in on a secret, right? No matter how much you worry, it's not going to make a blind bit of difference to what we actually do, right? No matter how much you want your favourite player on FIFA to sign for us, it's not going to happen unless the lads in the computer room have come up with the same analysis and have sorted out a deal that works for the club. So there's literally no point in stressing about it. Go along for the ride. Have your, if you want to have your notifications on for Fabrizio Romano, do. And I'd encourage you all to take a list of every name that he links with us over the summertime and see how many of those players truly sign. And the same goes for your favourite um, journalist, your famous in the know. We used to have a league table of all the lads who and how they did across the course of the summer and how many players we'd sign per person, right? That thing. At one stage, somebody had had us up signing about somewhere close to 170 players last summer, right? So there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's literally, there's no point because somebody, you know, there's, there's no point stressing about it. I would encourage you now to turn off from football. Like I was about to say, like one Not of the things... No, no. But the, no. the loser of the week for me was people watching international football. I said this to you, Gavin. I want to, because, like, why? Why? These games, the UEFA National League of Nations and, and people and stuff. Right? Yeah. It's like, what's that about? Yeah. There's not even a tournament at the You're end of it. Much a second like, of it. Oh, my God. And it's like, the, you know, there was a big thing, isn't, isn't it great for the Ukraine? And that turned out to be a World Cup qualifier. I was like, what? I was like, okay, listen, the World Cup is dead. I'm going to call it as well. The World Cup is dead. The, fa- the, the fact that they moved the World Cup from the summer to the winter because they wanted the Qatari money, it's dead, right? And nobody cares. And, and when it comes around to this winter, uh, do you know what's going to happen? The vast majority of us who f- support club football are going to go, this is an absolute waste of time. Why are they bothering with this at all? It's just wrecking the season. We're playing the charity shield at the end of July. At the end of July. At Leicester's ground. Ah, uh, it's like, what's the point? Knock it all off. Like, uh, August, that's when the league starts. The World Cup, the only thing the World Cup's going to be good about is ignoring football for four weeks now so I can focus on... Oh, you can get on... out of Christmas shopping because you have to watch the World Cup. No, no, no. I'll be focusing on the playoff time of the NFL. That's that's. I'll, I can literally turn yeah. off the football and go, go on to... Can you imagine, right? <laughs> imagine the transfer rumours that's going to happen this December. Right? Yeah. You've got a World Cup and you're going to have people absolutely cacking themselves that we haven't won the league by the end of November, right? And we've signed 96 players of all the teams in the World Cup at this stage. And there's just a list. And it's like the list you get in this day, it's just rubbish. The World right? Cup just- will absolutely bump up the excitement in the January window because fellas you don't know play, will play in the World Cup and you'll be like, Yes, but Olsen. Awesome. Yes, everyone should, everyone no, should keep my an eye favorite, for- my favourite was... Um, Paro No, the Danish winger. I think we're going Jimmy back to the, No, no. We're going back to the 2014 World Cup. Small little fella. Danish winger. I think he ended up in Italy somewhere. 
Um, and everyone was Erlen, raving about him. No, Erlen I think, Smalling. I think no, I think about it. Someone in the chat will know. Um, I think he won number nine in that World Cup, but he was a winger, little small fella, good player. Um, I need dwarf and elfner. But look, uh, <laughs> before we go, look, <laughs> little I think, winger. I think we both agree that there will be chat. There will be chats about players, and there will be chat. And we'll do, absolutely. We'll, we have a transfer. Absolutely. We have a transfer show tomorrow, but it's different. Yes, for Blomqvist, somebody said. No, 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 no. Um, Georgie Hadji, he was great to watch in the World Cup. Hadji was playing. deadly. No, this was a Danish fella. I want to say roll the I want to say the 2014 World Cup. Small little fella, winger. Ah, oh, come to me in a minute. Um, but anyway. Just before we get into the war games for a few minutes before we go, uh, the rest of the week, because people are constantly asking, right? Tomorrow, <coughs> new transfer show. Um, yep. The name is called NTK. <laughs> Andrew said this. <laughs> what? Said yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, listen, it's called uh, NTK. Not this show, no. Not it's this called, show. This no, it's called, no, it's called, no, tomorrow, it's called NTK. Not ITK, okay. it's called NTK. No transfer knowledge that's the name of the show right so basically Eddie. we'll go through all the names that have come out for liverpool yeah. and loads of other clubs and we'll just talk about them what do you think of the player what do you think if it happened will it won't it and give her opinion no information whatsoever so that's that's tomorrow wednesday we will have um a new show um only on more audio. information all, all <laughs> in, um, some transfer knowledge it's called <laughs> no this is SDK. a new this is a new audio <laughs> podcast that's going to come out over the summer we're hoping to do between six and ten of them um <gasps> so we're recording that wednesday night and i will have it out for you wednesday night. we'll give you more details on about? wednesday i'll tell you afterwards thursday right. um is the viewer's voice um which has been really good for the first two weeks and Friday will be Sports Unplugged, and then we go from there. Um, let me see. Has anybody got this, this Pedersen? No. Can I just ask, is that Dan Austin? The Dan Austin in the shot? That's not the Dan Austin. No, doing no, that. I don't think that's the Dan Austin. That's absolutely taking France to, um, yeah, to the, the cleaners. cleaners. That color. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah. But you shout out to Dan Austin because uh, he's been brilliant this week. He's been in France on every channel he can find, telling yeah. the French ministers that they're absolutely telling lawyers. And I hope it's working. I really do. And the Dan yeah. Austin on the shot, you should do the same as well. And that would really confuse everyone because you yeah. just think that all the people, the best people in the world are Dan gone. Austin Dan. in the chat should be recording it at home, you know, just in his yeah. kitchen with like a French flag behind him, right? <laughs> or like, um, you know, something French behind him, like a, like a baguette. Ramondal. No, not Ramondal. No, Ramondal. No, not him. Um, it'll come to me. But. Yeah, that Don Austin should be in his kitchen just talking gibberish in French and then yeah. just passing it off as like, I'm telling French. Damsgaard. Uh, no. This That's this back, year, wasn't it? This going back to 2014, I think. Look up to 2014. Brian Loudrup. No. No, fucking no. <laughs> uh, look up to 2014 Danish squad at the World Cup if they were at the World Cup. Kevin Schmeichel. And look up, I think he played number nine for them. But... Um, Tommy Jensen. No, I'll look her up in a minute because it's going to annoy me. Uh, World Games. World Games. When, did, where, when did the World Games start? When did the World Games start? The World Games are starting on the 2nd of July, as everyone knows who's watching this show at this stage, right? And this week I've been following Climbing Racing. Right? Climbing Racing. Yeah. Okay. Cl- Can I have a guess what it is? Go on. It's basically people at the bottom of a hill. It's basically cross country running on hills, but they're calling the climbing race because you have to go up. 
See, now that would that would actually be a fantastic event, right? But we'd have to give it a different name. We'd probably call it Cough Bouncer or something like that, right? But to be fair, this one is pretty much straightforward. So you know those climbing walls that you see the kids hanging out of in the in the Oaks gaff, right? Yeah. It's sprints up them. Right. There's no there's, it's that simple. But it is the okay. most addictive thing to watch on television. Because the race only takes about five seconds. They're quicker. <laughs> Lego. <laughs> Tommy Lego. Is that, is that the winger's name? Tommy Lego. What was your man's name out of the Lego movie? <laughs> there he is there. Cron Deli. Do you remember him? Cron Deli? Yeah, that was him. <laughs> Little fella. Uh, Had to look him up. Cool. Sorry. Come on. Uh, but yeah, <clears throat> climb a wall, right? Mm-hmm. Lads start at the bottom. They tend to hang on to the bit like this, right? Mm. The buzzer goes and it's forced at the top of the wall wins. Right. There's no, mess, no messing about. And I'm okay. going, why is that, why is that the real Olympics? Why, like, why aren't they, some of these sports not in the real Olympics? Because climbing racing is the best thing I've ever seen. Wizard says I, I, I like climbing racing. It's actually the only rock climbing I would watch. There you go. See now, the World Games isn't just about faffing about making up sports and stuff like that. You've got moving archery, which is I think is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Can I guess what it is? <laughs> yeah. Right. I reckon the targets are still. But you're on a golf buggy as you go past down the... No, I'll tell you what you're on. You know, like the tracks they use for cameras in studios. Yeah. I reckon like on you're on something tracks. like that, yeah. And when you roll over the four sensor, it goes beep. And then you have to go along. And as you're moving, you have to shoot the arrow. And then when you go over the thing, it goes beep and you're done. Or you could get somebody behind Is you. You don't, know, you don't know which way they're going to pull you, right? You're on, on, on a chair like this, right? Yeah. And it goes beep and he just pulls you. And you have to hit the target no matter where you are. Yeah. You have to like... Or, or what they could do is they could like you know get you know the crazy paving you see in some people's drive-ins where basically they yeah. lay concrete and then they get a, uh, a stick off an ice pop and they just run it around your garden in different shapes to make it look like bricks. They could send you down a shopping trolley down a sly hill made of this crazy <laughs> paving, and you have to shoot the target before you cross a certain line. The target is out in the field, so you don't oh, know where the trolley's going to go. I can't, I can't wait for the for the the, the archery. It's like this is what this is. I've I've lined up and I'm saying to Ray Dick, I said, Can I come over to the shed to watch the archery? We can sit down, have a few cans, and watch the archery together. It'd be the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then we can go out and practice in the field. Be like, just running around with a it, must, it must be close now. It must be like a month, a month away, is it? It's less than a month. We're on to the countdown. We're on right. to the countdown. We're less than we've got 25 days until the opening ceremony. And right. the opening ceremony has this big Lionel Rich T is singing at it. Right? Lionel There's, Richie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. Did he it's sing proper, that song? Um, Hello. Dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> That's how you open the ceremony. He's got to sing hello. Did he sing that one, Dancing on the Ceiling, was it? Yeah. All right. So is Dancing on the Ceiling in the competition? Well, actually, that song, Hello, is like the biggest. If you listen to the lyrics, everyone thought it was grand in the 80s, but it's not. It's about a fella stalking a girl. All right. Okay. Party. It's, yeah. it's really freaky. It's like you have to okay. start listening to the lyrics yeah. of it. It's like, okay. Back then, you know, people when they used to have the the slow set and you'd be up dancing, and I was just there going. Hang on so I seen now. someone on Twitter the other day that um, one of Madonna's songs was about something completely that you you didn't think it would be. I must look it up. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, was it the Cron Deli? No, Cron Deli was definitely. Um, he was definitely a, for the de- oh. Danish. And then the last thing I noticed this well, one. The last one. Right, I was watching the USFL, um, which is the spring version of. It's not actually the NFL; it's like just a crap version of it, right? Okay, so it's United <laughs> States Football League. It is, yeah. It's very simple, right? To, to remember, remember that one in your head. Um, mm-hmm. But they had a technological intervention that I was there going, 
this will be fantastic. So you know the spider camera. We all know the spider camera that's on the pitch and comes down and you yeah, see yeah. it and it's like this, right? But they've put the cameras on drones. Okay. So when the player runs, the drone is following behind them. Right. Right. And the camera angle then when they're showing the re the the um the what's the thing of the thing? The not the, the rewind. The replay. <laughs> replay that's oh the one right? i can't believe it okay <laughs> yeah so when they're doing the really stupid saying replay there but then it turns out you're just a monk go on but the replay is amazing because you're, you're doing it literally from right it's it's almost like a computer game you know like if you, you get behind the player and you can mm. follow the player and then the, the thing can move and, and go like this yeah. way or i can follow the ball the drone can it's it's probably the best thing i've seen on um sports broadcasting in a while because we've seen the spider camera swoops down and it goes around and I think but the drones is the next level because you you could have two or three drones on the pitch at any one time so you could have this you could actually have the drone following certain players do you know what I mean which would be incredible to watch if you're watching the angle of a game from behind a certain player in terms of what it was will they be using now, drones in the in the world games end. I was reckoning in the world games on, they were, they were, racing what Drone racing is one of the events in, in oh, the well, But I don't know if they use drones for the coverage. I would say it'd be like, you know, um, no, a, fella on, a fella goes on a, on a height for hire truck with like a, <laughs> yeah, with a camera small, on a massive stick and he's just fucking Danish waving it like this over the top of the ground. have a load of small Danish wingers like jockeys on top of the drones. Right, and no, the Crown Delis. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. And over to the Crown Deli coverage <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. Right, well anyway, we're 25 days away from the opening ceremony of the War Games. Can't wait. The War Games always get a spot on winners and losers. We talked Can't about wait. loads of loads tonight which has been great. We've got some great comments in the chat and some great suggestions as well. Well, um, as I said, we've loads coming this week. Don't forget, Failicon um, is our charity partner. The link is in the description if you want to read about them. It's also there if you want to donate. Our golf day is on Friday. We're all ready to go for it. There was a few hiccups this week with people pulling it's in. It's Friday, but, is it? Yeah, but we've sorted it out. Um, yep. Everything's ready to go. Um, everything's confirmed, and I will be down at the course on Thursday sorting everything out for the arrival of everyone on Friday. Um what else? IP Vanish, check them out. Uh, 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. One touch of a button for a VPN to protect you at home or while on the move with your phone, your tablet, your laptop, whatever it might be. Um, saves and protects your data location. You know how it works. www.ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers will get you a year's subscription for a about 40-ish dollars, which is a really, really, really good deal. Um, Phil, anything else before we go? Um, Yeah, look, after this week, I'm going to start pushing the Fadacon thing on the show as well because I'm going to be doing a race on the 23rd of July. So we're going to use the same link and we'll just keep pushing the donations, right, mm-hmm. um, in terms of it was. And I'll try to get a picture of me potentially about to die um, during this thing. Uh, that we can just throw up to show that we did it. But yeah, we just want to keep going in terms of it was. Um, it's such an honourable charity. It's It needs to be supported. And anything we can do to get this up to the 10K, we're going to do it. Mm. All right? Yeah, and we're doing, a, we're doing a raffle on Friday night with some prizes that have been donated. It's a load of drink, basically. People have just donated some deadly drink. Um, but we're also, yeah. going, we're also going to do a raffle for the players. A brilliant uh, prize has been donated, so the players can buy some tickets for that. We will have a raffle that night. And we hope that, we're hoping by the end of the weekend we'll be over seven grand for, for Failicon. We have donated or sent all the donation money 
for or the sponsorship money for the day over the Felicon that totaled 2,380 euros. So that has been sent to them. They're absolutely thrilled with it. We have got another, whatever it is, three grand on top of that donated already. So hopefully we can get over seven. And once we get over seven, you're on the final push then. And we'll just all keep going and we'll get to the 10K. And then we can, we know we've set them up for years, genuinely. And then we can move on to another one and get to helping somebody else. Get a let's, drone let's, following you, Phil. We could get Andy as a qualified super drone Andy driver. Is, he's like, so. He's like a qualified drone bus We could li- kind of live fun. stream. Yeah, yeah. Middle-aged. What about, what about man running across you, mountains you running, and cycling? Yeah. Andy controlling the drone and Brenzy doing the commentary. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and we could charge people a tenner each to watch it with everything going to Felicon. I'll, I'll leave, I know commentators I'm going around if somebody gives me a link I'll give a look I'm about yeah. to die here but I'm definitely about to die here There's, the pain is going down my left arm I'm, I don't, I'm about to check out this is, this is save me somebody save me out there <clears throat> um, Laura Duffy says is there going to be another random chat with Andy that you can use as a fundraiser I will ask Andy will he come on and do uh, Andy should listen Andy's up to his eyes at work has been for the last six months and told us before it I'm going to yeah. be up to my eyes for six months and we went listen Forget the podcast. Go and do what you have to do with regards to work. He's still doing that. But I'm sure if we needed to have a random chat and people wanted to pay $24.99 for the privilege of watching it so we could get Felicon over the 10 grand, I'm sure Andy would do it. We'll have a chat with him. Um, Tom says the first LFC DT golf major on Friday. Um, listen, if I have to organize this stuff on my own again, it'll be the last because it's, it's so fucking hard to do. Um, but we have got there and hopefully on the day, the weather's good, the golf is good, the drinks will be good, the raffle will be good, the fundraising will be good. And, um, we'll all come out the, at the other end of it and we'll be closer to that 10k. That has been winners and losers. Shows. I've been alone with you inside my mind. What? And in my dreams, I've kissed your lips a thousand times. I sometimes see you pass outside my door. Hello. <laughs> Is it me you're looking for? Like, come on, that's outrageous. Are you sure he's not playing hide and seek, though? <laughs> I don't know. Is that the, he's playing hide and go seek? Do you want to have a police squad car over okay. to the top very quickly? Okay. Um, we're just reading lyrics at the end now. I'm, I'm reading into them, which is great. Um, seriously, that's being winners and losers. Stuff you every night this week, um, as promised. And we'll keep going as much as we can throughout the summer with different bits. Talk to you in a bit. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.